Uh, and it, it's, uh, it's fun for adults to do it, but when kids, kids dress up like Charles Dickens, it's, like it's, such, it's just precious. It was such a cute night. But uh, with, like preparing for that, I, I kind of went back and read the old Christmas carol story in its original English, right? It's, it's a, kind of a hard read. It's not really a long read. But I came across this line that I thought, this is such an amazing way that, that Charles Dickens was communicating that, that Jesus has come in the world to make things the way they ought to be. And he quotes, this is a quote from Bob Cratchit, who's talking to Mrs. Cratchit, and she's talking about the day, and Bob Cratchit talks about how he runs into Tiny, Tiny Tim. And he says this, He told me coming home that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple. And it might be pleasant for them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and the blind men see. What a beautiful portrayal. This Jesus comes into the world to make the, the world the way it ought to be. Or you take Matthew's account. We can look at Matthew's story of, of the first Christmas and how that opens. And it opens with this long genealogy of, of uh, Jesus' ancestry, which is a whole other sermon in, on its own. Uh, but then in verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they were t- came together, she, found, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Luke opens up with this story of, of this holy longing, this blameless yet barren. And then Matthew opens up with this story of, of Jesus' birth, and it's controversial, and it's misunderstood, and we have Joseph and Mary in this situation that is misunderstood, and, and it's something that Joseph's trying to figure out, you know, we're not married yet, and this child is on the way, what do we do, and how is our family going to interact with us, and there's this, there, there, and, then, and then the angel comes again, and the angel has these words for Joseph, says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the midst of this kind of confusing time that could be misunderstood. We have these names for the the birth of Jesus. Jesus, this Greek name, Joshua, his Hebrew name, which means the Lord saves. And in the midst of this difficult circumstance, the child that's being born is this child who will save the world. And this other name, Emmanuel, that is God with us. And in the midst of this confusing circumstance where they have to try to explain themselves to other people, there's this God that is with them. And so these, these stories have these kind of like <clears throat> very personal meanings, these very personal for the people in the story who are experiencing God in new ways through these confusing and challenging circumstances. But then they also have these huge global implications for what God is up to in this world. Jesus means the Lord saves. Emmanuel, that God is with us. God is with us. Jesus has come to put the world as it ought to be. He's come to put the world as it ought to be. These writers go on to have different ways to try to communicate this as they're trying to explain this divine intervention of what's happening. And they use different imagery. 
some of the imagery and, and words that they use to describe what God is doing in this world through Jesus. One of the words is light, this idea of light that has come into the world. And the other idea is love, is love. And I want to look at both of those, this idea of light. Uh, this morning I, I woke up early enough to, that the sun, uh, it was still dark, and uh, I noticed that I don't do that in the summertime when the sun comes out at like 4.45 a.m. But in the winter I wake up before dark and, and, uh, and then kind of watch the sun as it rises. And there's something very calming and peaceful about sunrises. You see the light just kind of grow into the day. Throughout scripture we have this imagery of, of light coming into the world. When it comes to Jesus, we, we know the passages of Isaiah that we read the first week where Isaiah is anticipating God moving and he says, the people have walked in darkness, but a light has dawned. Love the, this author says that the metaphor of light in the Bible speaks of God's creative power and majesty in Genesis chapter 1, of salvation and new beginnings in John chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 1 as well, of justice and liberation in Isaiah 9. Light shines the path away from chaos and distorted relationship toward melo melodious harmonies that God has intended. And when it comes to, the, the, to John's gospel, his account of the Christmas story, in John chapter 1, he uses this image of light in his Christmas poem. It's like what it could be called. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there was a man from whom, a uh, uh, man, God, whose name was John, a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. They're trying to describe what is it like for Jesus to come into the world. It's like light coming in darkness. A new light has dawned with this story of Christmas. It's interesting to think of uh, how Christmas came about to be December 25th. There's all sorts of speculation. Was that actually the day Jesus was born? Because the Gospels don't actually say it was December 25th, and they were on the Julian calendar, and we're on the Gregorian calendar, I think, or something like that. Uh, and, and the thought is, you know, if, if, if Joseph and Mary were traveling for the census, as the story tells us, it probably was the spring, the weather was probably better. So how do we have December 25th? And Christmas purists will say, like, oh, no, of course it's December 25th. And I'm not here to debate whether it was or not. It could have been. But what's interesting is, at some point in history, the early church decided to put December 25th as the birth of Christ. And what we have is, uh, it's right next to this thing called the winter solstice. And some of the legend and tradition tells us that there were all sorts of these kind of pagan holidays right around that time. In fact, some of the Celtic tribes that lived in Northern Europe would celebrate kind of this, this time where they would worship the sun god. Because in Northern Europe, this was one of the darkest days. And the light starts to creep back after the winter solstice. And the early church understood kind of this rhythm of creation and, and understood kind of these different pagan holidays that would be around. And they said, we're going to hijack this imagery because what's happening here is that light is entering into the world. And this time that was celebrated sometime between December 21st to 25th is this time where light starts to grow again. That's really exciting news for me because I love summertime. This was the darkest day this last week. Light starts to grow again 
in creation. And they, the early church uses this imagery of, of Jesus coming to the world because as Jesus comes into the world, light starts to grow in the world. The darkness can't overcome the light that is Jesus. And I, I kind of, I love to hear that story of, of what is Christmas. Christmas is light starting to grow. Christmas, the light of Christ, comes into our heart, it comes into our soul, and it grows. And in a world of darkness, that's good news. The other image, a word that they use is this idea of love. Light and love. What is Christmas all about? Light and love. Jesus coming into the world to make it as it ought to be. And there's this beautiful account again that is read, that, that uh, Andy and Toby read, about the Advent candle of love. And it says, Dear friends, this is 1 John chapter 4, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This message that God has loved the world and sent Jesus into it because of his love so that the light would grow to overcome darkness, to make the world as it ought to be. This is the Christmas story. And with this idea of love, there's also this calling that we love each other as Christ loved us. And that line, no one has ever seen God, but when we love each other, there's this experience and encounter of the living God within us. And Christmas is a time of love, time of light. N.T. Wright says this, and I think it goes well. It says, the other side of the coin of the problem with evil is, after all, the problem of good. If there is no God, no good and wise creator, why is there an impulse to justice and mercy so deep within us? We have that impulse. All of us feel that. Why is there beauty and love, laughter, friendship, and joy? Deep inside of our hearts, this light grows because we're made in the image of God. And if God is love, we reflect that to others in this world. Light and love. Closing today, if you don't have uh, all of your Christmas shopping done, you're probably in trouble. <laughs> I was trying to think of, uh, even Amazon might not be able to save you. It might be too late. But I was thinking of what is it that we give Christmas that is in touch with eternity? What is it that we give that is in touch with heaven? And as I started to think of through gifts that as a, as a church that we give to each other, that we give to our families and friends, that we give to our coworkers, that we give to all the people that we come in contact with, here's a couple gift suggestions that I started to kind of think through. I didn't get these from a list. I made them up in my head, so if they don't make sense, I'm sorry. But this Christmas, here's a few gift suggestions. When it comes to light and love, May you give forgiveness for those who have wronged you. May you give grace for those who owe you. 
May you give patience for those who annoy you. May you give surprises for the overlooked and unassuming. May you give prayer for those who need miracles. May you give comfort for those who are grieving. And may you give kind words for your enemies. May you give hope for those despairing. May you give light for those in darkness. May you give love for those who are unlovable. And may you give the presence of Christ through your life. May your Christmas be full of light and love, or as Bean Crosby sang, may it be merry and light. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for this message of Christmas, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus into the world, Lord. The barrenness of life that we experience, Lord, you come to give life to the full, life that's eternal. You come to make the world as it ought to be. Lord, we want to join you in this amazing story of love. That the light would grow inside of us, Lord, but the light would grow uh, through this community. That the darkness wouldn't be able to withstand it. Lord, we're so grateful for the gift of your love on this Christmas. Your love that saves. Your love that sets things right. We pray that that love would be prevalent in everything that we do. In your son's name we pray. We're going to close with a song and a time of communion. Today's special is it's a Christmas communion. As you approach the tables today, you take the elements, the sacrament, different names for it. But it represents the story of the incarnation. It represents the story of Jesus coming into the world. We'll take communion uh, on our own, individually, uh, when you're ready to do so. We take a piece of bread that represents the body of Christ that we believe came into this world. We believe hung on the cross. And we do that in remembrance of him. It's a body that was broken open. And then we take juice that's symbolic of the blood of Christ that was shed. Christ's blood that was shed to, to wash away our sin, wash away our iniquity, to set the world as it ought to be. Today in Christmas, we celebrate this gift of love and joy, the self-sacrificing love of our God. We remember it and we proclaim it. When you're ready, feel free to move, and we'll finish with this last song.